0: This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault.
1: And now, on with the show.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn the loss of
3: our favorite actors, I didn't know where you're going with that because I knew our topic today was like uh-huh. actors gone too soon. Uh-huh. But when I hear dearly beloved, uh-huh. we're gathered, I think wedding. Sure. So I thought maybe I had the wrong list.
2: Nope, you didn't.
3: I didn't have the no. wrong list. You're being somber on purpose. Yes. Are we going to do that through the whole episode? People are probably going to hate that, maybe.
2: <sighs> so we're in the writer's room. I'm Q. And I'm Jay! I'm going to flip your, your emotions. That's fine. And we've gathered to talk about actors who left us
3: far too soon. And by left us, we don't mean just like, you know, went into another profession or Rick Moranist themselves out of the industry. We're talking about left us as in left this corporal form and died. They've left us too soon. Now, right. too soon can have a lot of meanings, but we'll get into ours On the episode, uh, before we get started, sure. Should we probably, like, very somberly high five? Yes, a
2: very emotional, sad high five. Let's sigh as we do it. Ready? Sigh Ah. five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High
1: five, son! High five! Don't leave me hanging.
2: All right, everybody, and we're back. What God in heaven? I had no idea how you were going to come back. And
3: we're back, and we're back, and we're back, back, back. Talking about death and other things. Celebrating life with with people who are dead. Death and taxes, but not the taxes.
2: No one escapes death. The (laughs) end. Oh, that was just a (laughs) real. No one escapes death. <laughs> <Doop-a-doop-oop>.
3: <laughs> I like, that's just a really <laughs> I hard like that there's no, no end to that. Yeah. Just, that's the name of this track. You know, yeah. Nobody Beats Nob- Death. Nobody Beats Death. Um, and it's also the name of the single from the album. And all it is is just two seconds of going, Nobody Beats Death.
2: Dooba Nobody, nobody, nobody. <laughs> That's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole song. I'm gonna see if I can find that to lay over this. It's a very well known track. You're gonna, um, you'll you'll win a Grammy for it. It just won't be aired on television for sure. It it may. This is that's the future, and we may be dead by then. So it may be a posthumous (laughs) Grammy. (laughs)
3: I hope you win a posthumous <laughs> Grammy for the writing of that single of of we all or yeah. can't beat death. <laughs> Nobody beats death. Nobody. Yep. Nobody. And the posthumous Grammy goes to <laughs> Q, who,
2: who clearly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Life imitated his art. It's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So as as jovial and joking as we are. Uh, this is kind of a more dark and somber episode that we've decided to do and I you know I'll admit fully this was an idea that you brought to the
3: table for this so totally. why <laughs> in the holy fuck did you want to do this
2: list so why um honestly because there are so many good actors um, I was sitting over the weekend and I was you know watching movies as we normally do and looking for new stuff to watch and I kept thinking about, Um, I, I do this weird thing where I will look at movies and kind of recast them in my head. Oh yeah. I mean, we do that on the show. (laughs) So I kept doing that and going, I wonder what this would be like, or watching a movie and be like, wow, I feel like they really wanted like a. Heath Ledger type for this movie. Get get me a Heath Ledger type. But he's dead. Right. And then I was like, but what if he wasn't? And what if he was the one that was in this movie instead of this Heath Ledger type? Right. Like, how good would the Imaginarium
3: of Dr. Parnassus have
2: been? If if he had been able to completely film his role. I
3: mean, it's a question. Especially there, I mean, there, I won't ruin it because there's there's people on my list. But there are movies where when an actor has passed away... I have known that they were in the middle of working on a project. Is it? Is it Fast and the Furious? Paul Walker? <laughs> it totally was that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert: He's not on my list, right. or not an, even an honorable list. And election, not even really. to make
2: jokes. Uh, the Fast and Furious movies suck. No, they're just <laughs> terrible. But no, they're they're just. Flat out but bad. Paul everybody. Walker was fine. No, I like. He's I mean, a, he's again, a fine guy. I didn't want
3: him sure to be passed away. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed his acting in the movies that I saw. Right. But I Pleasantville was pretty good. He was in, well, yeah, he was like the jock boyfriend, black. He and white boyfriend. was mm-hmm. in the black and white jock boyfriend. My goodness, I forgot he was Crazy. in that
2: old with uh old Toby McGuire. Yeah,
3: old good old Tobes. Yep, still and living. Who else was in that Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon. Um, oh man, there's even uh, there's a bunch of people. Jeff Daniels Jeff is in David. that. That's right. He Those was the again. ice cream shop. Owner. He was. Mm-hmm. That's a good ass
2: movie. See,
3: I'm sorry. I I know I know it's hit or miss for some people. Sure. I thought that was a, movie. a good ass movie.
2: Totally. Yeah. And uh, what was that that, uh, you know, everyone remembers uh, Paul Walker for that. She's movie, all the, that. No, that my boyfriend's yeah. a T-Rex or whatever. What? You haven't seen this? No. Oh, well, when we go to break, I'm going to find the trailer for that okay. and people can listen to it. Um, it's a movie. I'm pretty sure it's called my boyfriend's a T-Rex. And the concept is Paul Walker dies uh-huh. and his brain gets put into an animatronic T-Rex I mean, I'm on board. And it's basically like the wacky adventures that ensue. So it's kind of like like monster trucks, but with a T-Rex. And a dead dude's brain. I mean, I'm on board for that movie. But it's like a romantic comedy. Okay. From the 80s. Or early 90s, excuse me. Why not? Yeah, why why not? not? Why not? We'd run out of ideas by then. Okay, so, uh, but on to other actors who really did have kind of a massive uh impact on the acting world um yeah that's
3: kind of oh man now this was, I'll be honest this list was hard for me
2: it's it is a hard list and let's address up front just because I felt kind of weird after I had suggested it and as I was making the list I don't want as jokey as we are on high five I don't want any of this to come off as disrespectful to these actors who have passed every loss hurts yes in no way are we saying that anyone else's loss is more valuable than another person's loss.
3: No, and I, I think that's a, 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 a an important distinction to make because while, you know, this is a top five podcast, so we kind of have to rank these in some sort of way. By no means are we saying anyone's life was less valuable than anyone else's. Sure. It's just we had to come up with criteria, and I'll give you my criteria yeah, to kind do. of show what I was thinking yeah, as I went that. through Yeah, do it. that. Do that. So for me, when I was coming up with this list, I wanted a good balance of they passed away either right before or right around when they were about to explode or were about to make a large dent in the history of film or the history of cinema. So there's a lot of these people on my list who only have four or five movies to their name or fewer, but would have been amazingly huge, like – possibly Daniel Day Lewis-esque size. Gotcha. Had they, had they st- stuck so around. So you felt
2: like their, their career was stifled by their death. Yes. Like, or they were on a trajectory mm-hmm. that clearly denoted that they were in for something larger and their death yes. stopped that.
3: And I've also mixed in with that the idea that the things they did produce were enough or were impactful enough, were high quality enough, to leave a lasting impression on, you know, the cinematic industry. A legacy, if you... Yeah, so it's not a matter of, you know, and I'll I'll play one of my hands, like I said earlier, Chris Farley. Sure. I love Chris Farley as a comedian. I love him, you know, the things that he did. I personally have a large connection with his body of work. He, He would be one who I would say, without a doubt, died too soon. Sure. But the movies that he put out the things that he did, I wouldn't say changed the the course of cinema history. And and had he lived, it probably would have been more things like what he had already done. Sure. So it's not going to be, you know, Oscar contenders. It's not going to be these movies that we, you know, staples of film. Sure. So he's not on my list. While his death probably affected me as much or more than any of these on my list, you know, he... He didn't meet
2: the criteria. Sure. Um, no, I think that's really good. And and mine was very much uh, kind of in the same vein. My my list is comprised of actors who, um, in some cases, did have a fairly sizable mm-hmm. body of work. but I, There was one that I had to put on that had sure. a huge body of work, but still. But I feel like they didn't quite reach the apex that they were heading towards. No. Um, but then I also have some who did just a, a handful of movies and maybe really only had one or two really breakout roles, but for me those roles were so impactful mm-hmm. that you could see very clearly that had this person, whether you know, however their life derailed, um, had it not, it it we could have been in for something yeah. really There there big. was
3: a trajectory. I think you said that totally. word earlier, and I, I would agree with that. Like there's a couple on my list that not everything they did was great, but the last 3 or 4 that led up to their their passing was a trajectory is like oh my fucking god, like what would have happened.
2: Right. And like I said, and it kind of leaves you wondering like some of the what ifs, like mm-hmm. what if this person had survived? Where yeah. where would it be? And so I'd like maybe even if we could kind of touch on that a little bit yeah. with with these actors as we list them off i think it would be interesting to kind of hypothesize no yeah what we think you know where where they would be um but yeah so i just wanted to get that up and out front that we in no way are trying to be disrespectful to any of the actors on our list or ones who have not been included in our list all lives are valuable but we wanted to rank on uh actors whose full potential we feel like was cut short and, and not realize. Yeah, I think that is a, a great summary. Should we just dive in? Let's or? do it, Jay. All you right. kick us off with your number five?
3: All right. Well, my number five might be a name that a lot of people don't recognize. Sure. Um, but for me, he kind of epitomizes what this list could be. Okay. And what this list, in my opinion, should be. And it's uh, John Cazale. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? Nope. Okay. You will. He was Frito in Godfather.
2: Oh, okay. he's was, he's was
3: Fredo. In sure, the sure, sure, sure. Godfather one, Godfather two. Um, he was also uh, the the counterpart in Dog Day Afternoon. Okay, he was in the Deer Hunter. Um, he was in the Conversation. Uh, the interesting thing about John Cazale, and here's why I included him in my list: sure. he was in like five feature films throughout his entire career. Every single movie he was in was nominated for Best Picture. What? hundred percent of his feature films were nominated for Best Picture. That's crazy. He had a career that he was respected so much that even when he, you know, his health was deteriorating because of, uh, I believe it was lung cancer. but it was some sort of uh, ailment that troubled him for years. When he was filming The Deer Hunter, he was so sick that he was uninsurable through the studio. So they were tried to recast him, and no one on the cast would allow it to happen. Robert De Niro paid for him to have personal insurance out of his own pocket to keep him on set. And so that's how much he was respected as an actor. And, you know, uh, obviously Frito, Fredo is an amazing character in both Godfather films. Dog Day Afternoon, if if anyone hasn't seen it is a movie that needs to be seen. Like every if you like bank heist movies, Dog Day Afternoon is kind of the apex. You have to go see that movie. Sure. And so, you know, John Cazale is sort of a legendary figure in that regard as he sort of came into fame and came into the acting game later in his life. And then only did a handful of movies, but every single one of them was amazingly successful. And, not for nothing, he dated Meryl Streep. Really? Yeah. She was the person that really fought with the studio to keep him on the cast for Deer Hunter. And then Robert De Niro stepped in and said he would pay for his insurance so he could stay on set and stay cast in the role because they respected him that much. That's crazy. So that's where... That's a big deal. Yeah. That's why, for me, he sort of embodies what this list is about, because it's a name that maybe not everybody knows, but his body of work is enormously successful. He made an impact in cinema and was respected in his field. And had he stuck around... I mean, I really think that his career path could have gone the way of like great character actors like Martin Mull or you know some of those people that you see in everything. It may not be a name that you know, but you're like, "Oh, that guy. I see that Interesting. guy everywhere." I'm going
2: to have to go back and and check this out cuz yeah. that's like you said, that's not a name that I recognized right. at all, which kind of makes me feel bad, especially so- considering the body of work. He
3: sort of looks like the the Trump guy, Stephen Miller. <laughs> he, Stephen Miller sort of looks like Fredo Fair enough From Godfather He sort of looks like John Cazale But I bet John Cazale was a much better person Than
2: Stephen Miller I can almost of yeah, of Satan. I, I would hope so Yes I would absolutely fucking hope so But interesting Yeah Well I think that is a good way to start off the list That really is starting in a way like you said Someone who Whose track record was proven that They were somebody to be watched And mm-hmm. somebody that was in Pictures that made a difference. Yeah, Um, but clearly not enough. Yeah, we. I just we
3: didn't get enough of him as a culture.
2: We just didn't. Does it say? So did you? And and maybe my brain was blanking. But did you say what happened? I believe it was a a lung cancer.
3: Okay, it was some sort of ailment that troubled him for years. Okay, and I think it was related to uh, an internal organ cancer. Gotcha. And how old? 40 40 got ish gotcha. 42 that's rough. somewhere around there interesting i yeah. would have
2: definitely been interesting i mean like you said the the people who vouched for him yeah um i mean if
3: when if you've got meryl streep robert downey i mean uh robert de niro meryl streep and al pacino in your
2: corner that's some pretty heavy duty punches for sure for sure those so, are like hollywood royalty yeah that's pretty serious. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah. And that's I'm a not solid number he five.
3: I'm not saying he would have gone on to be Hollywood royalty. Sure. I really think he would have just become one of the greatest character actors. Sure. You know, he would have been that type of that type of persona. Interesting. So that's it. That's I like number, it. That's my number five. I'm into it. Uh, moving on to my number four is a more modern one, mm-hmm. and it's one that I kind of watched this trajectory happen. My number four is Heath Ledger. Ooh, solid pick. And, you know, it's kind of – there's not a lot to say about Heath. Ledger. I mean there's a lot to say. There's a lot <laughs> to say about Heath Ledger, but we you know we kind of know there was the the drug overdose probably brought on by kind of how method he would get in certain roles. But kind of for me, Heath Ledger was one of those guys who when I was first introduced to him, sure, I was not impressed. You know, cuz he he first came on the scene, at least for me at that time period, in movies like 10 Things I Hate About You or A Knight's Tale or things like that. It's kind of a heartthrob, cutie Australian. Right. And that, you know, back when those movies were happening, that wasn't really my cup of tea. Sure. But then once I start to explore kind of the things that he had done, like his role in Lords of Dogtown is fucking amazing. Um, you know, Brokeback Mountain. Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, what he filmed there, and then the creme de la creme is The Dark Knight. He made such a lasting impression in The Dark Knight as the Joker, with possibly one of the best interpretations on film, in especially
2: cinema film, well, easily the best. We've discussed. Uh, the Joker's ad nauseum, and yes. uh, we did a other stuff too episode yeah. that just focused on kind of the screen presence in right. all its different forms of the Joker, and he was unanimously one of our yeah. top.
3: I think we both landed on Mark Hamill's
2: interpretation As the best of the Joker. Joker,
3: but on in in film and I would movies, say live action,
2: he's, is he's one he's of ledger. the best for sure.
3: And so that I mean, and obviously the the fact that. He's the first person ever to win a posthumous Oscar for sure. a performance. That alone tells you that he wasn't done yet. You sure, know? that he should have made a, a, a much had a much grander career than he had. Like, sure, you can have his early work that's more kind of heart throbby, but where he was going, like between Lords of Dogtown. Brokeback Mountain, The Dark Knight, and then what he did in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Those kind of four movies show a trajectory of someone that would have continued to, I, I believe, blow the roof off of the the roles that he was given. Sure. And, you know, I think what was 33 or 34 when he passed? Um, Let's see here. It was one of those where... Oh, no 28 28 okay so i was in i was in the, yeah. in the range it's so young. young younger than me younger than either <laughs> yeah. of us and it was just heartbreaking and and I, I it sounds terrible to say it was heartbreaking because of the movies that he had just done but that to me showed me a roadmap of my goodness, I want to see more from this guy. Sure, and he was so young, and I'm never gonna get to like. Sure, what could he have done? Like, could he have turned into like, I don't know, like a Hugh Jackman? Sure, he's I like don't know. you know, kind of a a megastar in a certain you know movie chain, or could he have turned into like a great character actor, like a Sam Rockwell? You know, right. <laughs> I like to think that he would have gone the Sam Rockwell route. Because sure. Cause man, I'd love to see him in some roles like that oh, to do more things. Most definitely, like you know, Brokeback Mountain or like The imaginary Heath of Ledger Barnas's. in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. How great! By, by the way, we saw that. Oh yeah, and holy fuck, is it good? Okay, good. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my! It's you okay have me. to see it. Okay, I will. It. It might. <laughs> It might be my one or two favorite movie of twenty seventeen now. Really? It's up there with Well, you already made your list. I know. It's up there with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like it's really crazy good. Okay. But had he been in that, he there were a multiple roles where he could have been great. Sure. Interesting. That's it. That's that's my number four, is Heath Ledger my number four because I feel like he was cut off. Right before he got to where he was just going to explode, beyond
2: anything we could have thought, beyond all recognition. Yeah, I really do. Um, I'm into it, man. You're starting off the list pretty strong. I know nowhere so, to go, go, but but, uh, but better. Yeah, totally. Um, so let me break down my number five for yeah, you. Yeah, let's go. Um, so my number five is maybe one that you wouldn't expect, just because of the stigma attached to this actor or kind of surrounding. Uh, their body of work, but my number five is Brittany Murphy. You know, she's one of my honorable mentions.
3: Um, and and I'll let you go through, sure. and I'll explain why she didn't quite
2: crest the, uh, the so list. So, for me, um, she was kind of the epitome of a very wide-ranged actor. Mm-hmm. Um, she did everything from, you know, your kind of uh, of like Sappy rom-com stuff um, to really like, kind of intense movies like Girl Interrupted. Yeah, um, she was fantastic in Eight Mile. Um, she had her, like I said, silly ones like Uptown Girls or Happy Feet. Um, but she was also in like, w- like weird kind of art house drug movies like Spun. Yeah, um, man. I forgot about Spawn. Mm-hmm. She she was a voice actress. She played Luann on King of the Hill for many seasons for about 11 years. Right. Um, so she was really super multi talented. She,
3: you know, she was in um, Sin City. She did go yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, she, and she was in Don't Say a Word with Michael Douglas. Um, but she really showed a pretty wide range of talent. Um, which was clearly—I mean, she had everything from comedy to really intense drama, um, to you know, really uh, apparently, you know, at voiceover skills, mm-hmm. which is kind of Stuff, awesome. Yeah. Um. So for me, that was a that was a light that was kind of snuffed out too soon. I feel like yeah. she, while she was. Pretty notable, and she, you know, had achieved some success, some definite success in her career. I feel like she was just starting to kind of get into some of the heavier roles. um, And I feel like she really could have thrived in some of the more meatier, kind of darker roles. And um, I would have liked to see her
3: do more of that. And honestly, that's really the only reason that she's an honorable mention for me as opposed to anything else is that I kind of, and I don't mean to disparage, but I kind of have a different opinion than you on her career is I feel like she kind of hit that, that range early on. And then I feel like almost was settling into a type of typecast character. Um, More than, more than I wanted, I guess. Sure. Um, You know, so, for me, I agree with everything that you've said i but I feel like I maybe saw all that she had <laughs> maybe okay but and but kind of in a good way though, because while her career was really, really short, her range was amazing within that time sure, and that's kind of what I mean by that is that I'm not sure where else her range could have gone, sure um. And that's not a bad thing. It's just she did a lot with a, a f- like the little years that she had.
2: That's fair. She did a lot. So she is my number 5. It's a good one, I think. Um and she had a weird death too. Uh just to, you know, some of those might be interesting to talk about just what, in case people are uh, curious. I, I'm not so familiar with. She died at 32 of pneumonia. Oh, I thought it was a drug overdose. No. And then her husband or widower Died from the same illness six months later. Oh, my goodness. And it was determined that, um, or well, not determined. It was kind of thought about that there was toxic mold in their home, which potentially caused both of their deaths.
3: That's horrendous.
2: Right. So something so benign and basic that you don't even think about that there's just mold in your house. Yeah. And it. It six months apart, her and her husband both died. See, and that's—I don't even want to say it makes it more
3: tragic, but things like that almost hit home harder. Sure. for me because if it's someone like a, a Chris Farley or um, you know, there are some others that that will nail like a Heath Ledger. Sure, that their own choices they sort brought about let kind of their let own them, downfall. Yeah, um, but. You read things like that, like the Britney Murphy thing, they just picked the wrong place to live, or you know, I think we've even talked about it on the show before, but Anton Yelkin. Right.
2: You know? Well that was that's one I was just gonna mention. The, it's just his death was so shocking unnecessary and shocking. Um, because, and he's another one, man. I wish I would have thought of him before. He's an, he's, an honorable mention he's for a, me. He's a really fantastic actor. And I feel like he was just kind of getting started too. We
3: did not see anywhere near where, how good he was going to go. Have you seen green room yet? No, still God, haven't. I know it's it.
2: fantastic. That's what everybody's told but,
3: me. But like, he was one of those that <clears throat> he was going to be a great character actor, you sure. know? Sure. I don't think he would have changed the landscape. He's an honorable mention for me because even the things that he did do were kind of all over the map. Green Room is great. There's a couple that are great. Um his st- his work in Star Trek, the new Star Treks was, was was really oh, totally. great. But it was his death was so shocking yeah, cause because he, his... he wasn't a drug addict. He nope. was an upstanding person. He worked hard. He was young and the break, the the parking brake on his failed. car gave out and and crushed, crushed him. him against his own gate. Yeah. Because he had to get out because his gate was messed up and right. he was yeah. manually opening it. Right. It's just the, the sequence of circumstances that led to that accident are mind-blowing. You're like, wow, this is incredibly
2: unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and unnecessary so, and sad. So, yeah. So, that's that's kind of a, a shocking death as well. I mean, house mold causing pneumonia. and It's crazy. Taking your life. But the, even sadder, like I said, her husband six months later. I mean, that's, yeah. that's intense. Yeah. Um, so crazy, crazy, uh, number four for me is one that I really don't think gets talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had one role that really kind of blew me away. Um, but this is another one talk about kind of spiraling and being kind of the cause of their own direction or destruction. And that's Brad Renfro. You know what, Brad? He,
3: I had him on my, uh, on my honorable mentions. He was one of the ones I was debating about. Sure. He,
2: He falls into a category of what i would consider young and doomed totally and i mean just living kind of an out of control life in in and out of trouble Mm -hmm. all the time um but one of his last appearances is the one that that kind of blew me away um the most now he was in it wasn't his last appearance but it was in the last seven years of his life um but bully have you seen that movie um, which one's that? Bully is directed by Larry Clark, the guy who did Kids. Oh, yes, I and have. And it has Biju Phillips then. and Michael Pitt. Man, Larry Clark movies are tough. They are tough. tough. And this one is based off a true story. That one is about um some a group of friends who basically have like a severe psychopath dipshit friend yeah. who is making their off life all living hell, and they basically plot to murder him. Yeah, and it's how everything kind of spirals out of control. There's a movie that um
3: that's not bully that almost follows that same pattern, um, and it was it's with the Drake and Josh kit. Josh. From really, Drake and Josh? You know, uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Josh but, Peck. Yeah, Josh Peck. It was when he lost a whole bunch of weight and he did an indie movie where he's a bully. And a bunch of kids take him on a camping trip with the plan to murder him on the camping trip. But then they sort of like him. And then he dies by accident. Weird. And they have to cover it up. Weird. But it's it's not a Larry Clark movie because this is actually structured like a real
2: movie. Yeah, no. Larry Larry Clark just – Bully is a very hard to watch movie. Kids
3: is the same way.
2: Yeah, it's very – and I don't mean hard to watch as in bad movie. I mean hard to watch as in it's just really kind of sickening to watch. Well, Brad
3: Brad Renfro was one for me, and not to Bogard your choice because I I love this choice and wanted to talk about him on this episode. But he was one of the ones that he started out so strong. Sure. Like the client – is yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. His, you know, Tom and Huck was a, a huge get to get like your first your second movie out the gate basically. Totally with JTT. Yeah. Sleepers, which is one of my favorite Absolutely. movies ever. Apt People Apt People was very very hard and I think, you know, led to some of his problems later because sure. there are a lot of behind the scenes rumors with with Apt People and kind of what it means, but But
2: even his last, you know, couple of years was good, a good bully Ghost World, yeah, is a Ghost really World's good great. movie. Um, Deuce's Wild is actually a pretty good movie. Man, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, um, yeah. The Jacket is a really good movie. Have you seen? Do you remember Wait, that movie? Is th-
3: is the jacket the with one Adrian with Adrian Brody? Brody?
2: I wasn't a big fan of that movie, oh, I'll man, be honest. Oh, I loved that movie so
3: much. And I Keira Knightley. I thought the concept was so great, and I went in with such high hopes, and the execution kind of let me down on it, I'll be honest. Really? Maybe I need to rewatch it. I'm up to rewatch it, but there was something about that that was too close to butterfly effect for me to uh, think that it was good. Okay, I can
2: see that. I could I get behind that.
3: I liked... I liked what it wanted to be, but I just I personally don't think it was executed sure. well. Um uh, but that's not to say that Brad Renfro's not good in it. I think, you know I thought Brad Renfro's one of those that was pretty much good in whatever he tried to do.
2: Sure. So I love that choice. Um but yeah, it's uh it's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh uh, film slate and I feel yeah. like he's kind of one of those that had he not been brought around or brought about his own destruction by mm-hmm. just being self destructive Yeah, um, I feel like there's so much more potential he was yeah. kind of one of those that kind of disappeared into roles very much a character actor not the like leading hero guy in anything right? but very much just an interesting and, he, he, and maybe it was just life imitating art he was very good at playing very troubled yeah characters you know i, I mean?
3: and i there's a one there's a choice on my list coming up that's gonna mirror brad Renfro pretty closely i'll be honest
2: so that's uh so that's my number four so we've knocked out our number fives and fours i love it do we should we go back before commercial yeah, totally. go for remind it.
3: people we've talked about a lot of names
2: jay what you got so my number five was john kazale sure um
3: from things like the deer hunter godfather dog day afternoon um and my number four with he was heath ledger um Primarily, you know, highlighting from The Dark Knight sure. to Dogtown and Brookback Mountain.
2: Gotcha, awesome. And my number five was Brittany Murphy, um, most notably for um, uh, Sin City, Spun, The Dead Girl, Clueless, totally Clueless. Thank you. Freeway, Just Married, <laughs> um, Happy Feet. Um, just let's be honest, Just Married is terrible. And then, oh, totally. But that's Ashton Kutcher's <laughs> Nearly unwatchable. Uh and then my number four was Brad Renfro. Uh most Such a notably good uh the apt pupil, bully, uh, sleepers, uh Deuces yeah. Wild. Check out Deuces Wild. Man, really, I okay. recommend it's one of those weird movies that's got Steven Dorff in it. You know, I love a good Steven Dorff. I just love Steven Dorff.
3: What was there was a movie that he did that was a super indie film? Cecil
2: be demented? No, but that's a really the great John one. The John Waters flick. That's one of my all-time fucking favorites. No, favorite no, hold movies. on.
3: I'm going to I'm going to look this up really quick. I mean, he, cuz he's awesome in um in Steven Dorff RIP. No, he's not. He's no, no. Uh, Steven Dorf, uh, R I E cigarettes. That's right. Blue, (laughs) blue. Blue, Yes, blue. Specifically, blue. No, no. There was a movie that he did. Like Blade is great. Um, He was in a new one somewhere. That was a. Oh yeah, uh, Coppola. Yeah, the Sofia Coppola movie. Yeah. Um, But he did a movie. Oh, my computer's dying. Um, He did a movie that was basically his life just kind of falling apart. And it's so good. Hmm. And I'll have to look. I'll post it online or something because I can't find it right now. Sounds good. Um, but anyway, let's go to commercial break. And we'll be
1: right back. Hopefully a lot. Hopefully a lot. Everything in Tammy's life is just great. But when you're young and in love, life can get very complicated, especially when it involves an insanely jealous creep.
2: That's my lady, all right?
1: <clears throat> Late-night phone calls.
2: I want you to come over. Yes.
1: Sneaking around in your own house. Did you lock the door?
0: Don't worry.
1: Your boyfriend getting dumped in a wild animal park. And a crazy doctor. Well, that's it. Who turns out to be a mad scientist. Uh, and if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? With an insane invention that only needs a brain. Yes! But this Tyrannosaurus Rex just wants to be a party animal. Even when you tell the truth, nobody believes it anymore. It was a dinosaur. What? It's more than a machine with a brain. I mean, it's a machine with feelings. We are on the brink of something special. Ah! We are going to be immortalized. Is that really you in there, Oh, Michael, what have they done to you?
0: Oh, you poor thing. You gone crazy. Byron, I am not going crazy. This is just a little hard to explain. I that's my dinosaur!
2: It's in a truck uh, being driven by your fat guy by, by your son. Baron? Uh, yes, sir. see a couple of folks back in the hospital. They, they say he's stole it. Stole what? The dinosaur.
1: Oh, Jesus. That is my dinosaur that you are threatening. I made him and he is mine. Uh, what are we going to do? I will give you immortality. Not if Tammy has anything to say about it. Tammy and the T-Rex.
3: Whoa! We made it. We survived. Back. We did it. And that movie, that Steven Dorff movie, I looked it up during the uh, the our break. It's the movie's name is Entropy. Mm. So it's basically him narrating a story about his life falling apart while trying to direct a movie. It gets meta. It gets crazy. It's pretty good. It gets meta crazy. Yeah. It gets meta crazy, bro. Um, interesting. So I like it. So yeah, I would say I would say everyone check out Entropy. It's not the best movie, but it's really neat. It's it's the <laughs> it's one Not he did. the best
2: movie, but watch it. He he did it basically directly after Blade. Interesting. So, okay, so late 90s. Yeah. Got it.
3: I'm into 99.
2: it. Let's check it out. Also, right. I highly recommend Steven Dorf movie Cecil B. Demented. Oh, well, of course, John this Waters. Is- it's freaking awesome.
3: Um, I would say Skip Leatherface. Sure. That he's in. Welcome back to Steven Dorfcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, should we do a minute by minute Stephen Dorf podcast? Totally. All right. Spin-off episode of this. Dorfcast. Or uh, uh uh we'll come up with a better name. We'll call it the
2: gate. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> oh. I like it. I like
2: it. All right. Uh but back to, yeah, back to
3: our list. More serious tones. So we've got um, you know, the top five gone too soon actors. Sure. Um so I've gone through John Cazale. And I've gone through
2: uh, shit. Who did I Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger. Thank you. And I hit up uh, Brittany Murphy and, and Brad Renfro.
3: Brad Renfro.
2: So my number three
3: is actually is one of the ones that is a classic gone too soon. Sure. So number three for me is James Dean. Okay. It's it's hard for me to have a list of actors who died too early that made an impact on cinema. Sure. Without including James Dean,
2: I, I felt comfortable in leaving him off my list because I knew you would have him on your list.
3: Yes, I mean it was it was a given for me that he was going to be in the top five. Sure, I just didn't know where. Sure. So kind of right in the middle made sense because I don't think he made the biggest impact. Like his mo- the three movies that he made: East of Eden, um, Rebel Without a Cause, and Giant. They're not my favorite movies of all time. Sure. But it's impossible to look at what he did in the time period he did it. And that's key to really thinking about James Dean is he was kind of the bad boy persona. Sure. And now that's everywhere. That's what you think of when you think of like the Hollywood lifestyle is you have these bad boys that their work imitates their art. Oh, absolutely. Their life imitates their art. And James Dean not only was a great actor, I mean, it's it's hard to watch Giant and Rebel Without a Cause close together and not acknowledge how good he was at his craft. But he owned that idea of, you know, that, that rebellion idea, that young um, <clears throat> desire to... To kind of be on your own and make your mistakes and and own your mistakes, sure, and live those. And you know, Rebel Without a Cause is a monumental film. It's it's you can't really deny it. It sort of changed how characters can be written, how main characters can be written. Um, his performance in it is a performance for the ages. He was the first person ever to be nominated for a posthumous Oscar. He didn't win it, but he got nominated. I think twice. I know Giant did. Um because I think he died before like Rebel Without a Cause and Giant came out around the same time and he died like within those same years. So he for me again, he is kind of the epitome idea of died too soon cuz he really only made 3 films, but those 3 films were enough to show how good he was at what he was doing. And that he definitely had a career ahead of him. He he would have turned into, you know, like... A pumpkin. Yeah, a pumpkin. <laughs> or, you know, like a Dustin Hoffman or a Robert Downey Jr. Sure. Like, he would have had a career that sort of l- blazed the way for those guys.
2: I totally get that. Um, and like I said, it's one of those... Uh, you know me. I'm not big on classic cinema.
3: Uh, yeah, which is... Uh, uh, not-
2: not, Which is uh, disheartening to me, but whatever. It's, it's, your it's life. not disheartening. It is. There's so many good movies. Sure. It just provides different perspective. I'm just not... Uh, there are some movies that I'm really, really into, yeah. but there's some that I've watched that I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if it's, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like different perspectives are fine. Yeah. You know, um, I, I recognize them for what they've done and, and how they have propped up, Cinema history, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's just like eh, okay, not my cup like, of tea. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, um, but that's what I have you for, right? Exactly. And so you knew other. I was gonna bring up James Dean. Yeah, so. totally. We're the we're we're each other's yin and yang. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty solid, man. Yeah, I dig it. Number three, number three is, I is, is, is strong.
3: So number two, we're getting into more. I was personally devastated by this loss. Now, number two is I had to balance this because he easily could have been my number one. I'll be honest. I'll say that out loud. Um, He easily could have been my number one, but I just feel like his body of work is so large. Sure. That it's hard to say he was gone too soon because he had a lengthy career. He had a lengthy body of work. And I don't know. I just, you know, I know there was more left. That's why it's too soon. Sure. My number two is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Gotcha. I was devastated when he passed away. Sure. Like, devastated. Like, to the point where my wife and I, every night in the week following his passing, watched two movies of his. Gotcha. To just try and... Take in the breadth of things that he had done. Everything from, you know, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which is a very underappreciated. Sure. Great, great movie. Have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's, he is so good in that movie. Sure. Um, To Owning Mahoney. Right. Which a lot of people haven't seen. To his work in Magnolia or Boogie Nights or hell, even Along Came Polly. What about like, Twister? Twist. I mean, yes. Everything that he was in. Capote. Uh, he was a marvel. Schenectady in New York, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Sure. I think is a masterclass of acting and presence and everything sure. that you want an actor to have. He in my opinion epitomized what a great actor is and can do and should be.
2: Have you ever seen the movie uh Flawless? Um Yes, it's, where he's the a composer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Absolutely, it's
3: amazingly good. And so he is epically high on my list. He easily could have been number one. The only problem with with him is that, you know, he had a long ass career, and we saw a lot of movies from him. Do I think that there were still movies to be made? You bet. Do I think that there were still new heights that he could have reached, new capotes that he could have pulled out, or new characters or depth of character that he could have shown us? Of course. Sure. And I lament that he he left the planet too soon, but in all fairness, he had more time than like a James Dean did. Right. He had more time
2: than an Anton Yelkin did. To be a real douchebag, Mm -hmm. um, can I say, you said Schenectady, New York. It is actually... Sinecdote. Right because but which is important to the title. Yes. Because were you aware that that word is a figure of speech in which part is made to represent the whole or vice versa. So you can say like Cleveland won by six runs inferring Cleveland's baseball team. So by saying that word in front of New York it's basically inferring the whole of New York is, in New York. Yeah, which is I basically just, the plot of that movie cuz he recreates
3: Yes. I'm just dumb and said the wrong word. I I'm not I'm not normally no. that guy. Hey, I appreciate you pulling this one up because it matters. It does matter, and I say the wrong word in reference a lot. to his words. Yes. it matters, and and Synecdote
2: is amazing. It is. It's amazing. Really good, it's and I love Charlie Kaufman. Oh, in general. He's
3: going to have that Netflix I know. adaptation. I'm
2: super into it. And it's like a horror. I know. I'm I don't super know how he's going to do it. I don't know, but I don't But care. I'm into it. I'll watch it. Watch it. 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 Um.
3: That's so a I mean, really yeah, good choice. That for me is number number two.
2: Nice. He he's
3: and he was one that sort of led to his own demise, which was Oh, for sure. Just heartbreaking. It, it was heartbreaking. Absolutely.
2: Heartbreaking. Absolutely. Good. So, I'm very curious as to what your number one is because I know how much you care about yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. So my number one <clears throat>
3: is someone that didn't affect me as much as Philip Seymour Hoffman's did because of just the time period in which he passed. Um but this was a guy, and I think this guy is epitomizes the best what a gone-too-soon list should look and feel like. And it's Rivers Phoenix.
2: Fuck. All right, let's just go ahead and I'm just going to lay it out because you basically gave my three, two, and one, but just in different orders. Really? Yeah. So basically, my three, two, one, my three was Heath Ledger. My nice. 2 was River Phoenix and my 1 was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And and like I
3: said, Philip Seymour could have easily been number 1 for me. Let me explain River real quick. Sure. River Phoenix was he died young, very young. He died way too 23. soon. 23. Mm-hmm. But the body of work that he left behind in a ama- in an amazingly short career, you know, my own private Idaho, um, Stand By Me. Explorers, Explorers. One of my favorite, like, 80s movies. Um, I mean, Running on Empty. Running on Empty. That's the one I was going to bring up. That was his first movie. Oh, my God. He was so fucking good. Yeah. Like, he was so good. And Stand By Me, his scene when he's describing taking the milk money, and then he's like, you know, I gave it back, and these are the people that are supposed to protect me. That scene is something... Adult actors should study on how to convey emotion, how to internalize a character, and how to show what you're doing, like, to show your craft. I think that he had a handle on the craft of acting that's almost impossible to see in someone his age. Brad Renfro is close. totally, But I I just think there was something about River Phoenix that everything he did—my own private Idaho
2: is— is a beautiful masterpiece. Let us yeah. also not forget, he played young Indiana, Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. Yeah. So not only did he make amazing indie performances in these really, you know, yeah. just intimate movies, he made a great indie performance. <laughs> he made a great <laughs> indie <laughs> performance. He was young Indiana yeah. Jones. He showed how Harrison Ford got that scar on his chin and his whip and his and hat. His hat. Come on! And why he hates snakes? Yes, and he's brother to Joaquin. Amazing! Another another amazing great, actor. And that's the thing is R. I I,
3: I wonder, and this is a question. <laughs> yes, I wonder, would Joaquin Phoenix be as good as he is and have taken the chances that he took in his Ooh. career without the death of River? I don't know, because. Had River stuck around, we know he would have had an illustrious career. Sure. He was that good. Sure. Would that have overshadowed? Would it be a a James and Dave Franco situation? You know? Would Joaquin have had to work harder to make a name for himself as opposed to being able to be creative and take jobs that he wanted, not having to worry about whatever shadow he might be in? Sure. You know, those are questions we obviously can't answer, but— River dying so early, I believe gave us Joaquin's career, which has been a fantastic career. I absolutely agree. And so that's even more reason in my opinion that he died too soon. Um, and that's why he's my number one as I think he perfectly encapsulates what this list is about. You know? He didn't have a super long career. Everything that he did in it was showed the level of talent that he could have had and he died in his early twenties. Just and it was it was devastating. I fully I fully support that. So that's where I land on my number, and that's why that's why he's my number one. And I flip flop that with Philip Seymour Hoffman sure. a lot for reasons
2: I'm sure you have as Philip as your number one. Definitely, and so kind of the reasoning. So do you want let, to kind of hit your three, two, yeah. and one? Just so a little let's bit. get back at three. Heath Ledger. The reason he kind of hit higher on my list, um, only by one, only by one, but. Uh, he was one of those actors that I feel like really, once again, really started to get into the meat of his career mm-hmm. towards the end. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, totally. I feel like he did a lot of fluff at the beginning of his career. He paid his right. dues doing the you know cutesy teeny bopper movies, right? Garbage like fucking Knight's Tale and uh, all that shit. Garbage. Um, but it wasn't until later. That he started to get into some really weird and just kind of out there roles, Um, but also really meaningful roles. Stuff Mm -hmm. that, you know, like I said, for an actor is kind of the stuff that they like to cut their teeth on. You know what I mean? Um, You know, for example, um, talking about uh, I'm Not There. Oh, yeah. 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 He's great as Bob Dylan. Absolutely. Fucking fantastic. Fantastic. But he, you know, also in um, Brokeback Mountain, killed it. Um, Of course, Ned
3: Kelly. Oh yeah, Ned Kelly's. That that was the most interesting thing I think for me for about Heath Ledger was that he seemed to flip flop. Sure, he would do like a popular, you know, not great teeny bopper flick or something, but then he'd flip right around and do something that sort of blew me away. So you'd have a Knight's Tale. Sure. They came after the Patriot.
2: Monster's yeah. Ball.
3: But then you follow Knight's Tale with Monster's and Ball. And
2: Monster's Ball was an intense movie, and his character was intense. Just a bigoted southern piece of shit, yeah, basically. exactly. And then, like, you get Ned Kelly, and you follow that up with something like The Order, which, right.
3: meh. But then you follow that up with Lords of Dogtown, which I mentioned a lot when which I was amazing. talking about him.
2: Um then you follow that up with Brothers Grimm, which now is I will say that he was fantastic in the Brothers Grimm.
3: Uh, again, I like him; sure. I've always
2: liked him. But with um, the
3: movie, not, not not great, not so great, not great. But then right after that, Brokeback. Yeah, I mean it's just
2: it's so I don't know. I don't know. He was so good. <laughs> but that's why I feel like he had the potential to be so much more. Yeah um i feel like he was definitely one of those that was cut down yeah. too soon and another one who you know kind of led to yeah. his own destruction
3: well and i mean and let's the elephant in the room obviously and one of the reasons i think both of us appreciate him as much as we do is how good is he in the dark night dude i mean it's mesmerizing
2: to watch him in that film oh for sure now i still um i still feel like um had he not died, that series would have ended on a much higher note. I know originally um, they were saying, and this is kind of one of those where I'd like to get into the what ifs. Right. Um, I know originally Nolan's trilogy plan included the Joker returning in the third movie. Well, yeah, because he didn't to, die. To play a major arc kind of through the third mm-hmm. movie. And so it kind of radically altered the trajectory of that yeah. film series. And I think kind of... I don't really feel like there's a lot of people that would really argue, but The Dark Knight Rises ended up being the weakest of that series. It kind of hit a real high with The Dark Knight. Now, what I'll say
3: is I like The Dark Knight Rises. Sure. I acknowledge that it's the weakest of the trilogy, but I like all those movies. I think they're all good. The Dark Knight Rises is too long, and it kind of gets muddled. Sure. And it doesn't have a performance
2: that can match... The Dark Knight. Sure. Now, I will also say that in The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger is doing an amazing Brad Dourif impression. (laughs) Yes. And I've I've claimed this, and I really feel like they could have... Here was my pitch for The Dark Knight Rises. Okay? Okay. They jump ahead. They do Old Man Batman. So, they basically do The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Okay? So, you recast Batman, get somebody like, I don't know. Michael um, Keaton no <laughs> somebody who I, I, could no. have who was a christian bale type so yeah. i don't know um a handsome leading man anyway that that casting doesn't matter as much because yeah. they're in a cowl most of the movie uh but you recast heath ledger's joker when they're older with brad duriff playing the joker i've would been i'd have been on board for that and i feel like that would have kind of nailed and people may be like, "Oh, blasphemy!" Like <laughs> just because he sounds like him, his mannerisms in that movie—if everybody would go back and watch some some Brad Dourif performances mm-hmm. and then watch Heath Ledger's Joker—they're very similar. Yeah. Like mannerisms that they have, or like speech er, pattern, or like an early Tom Waits. Yes, but <laughs> but the voice, yeah. pa- the voice matches Dourif one uh, hundred percent. But yes, he has that kind of like weird. Uh, outsider, yeah. like stream of consciousness kind of attitude, uh, but yeah, Brad Dourif. So that was my pitch for the third movie. I totally would do it been in the future. Joker escapes from Arkham, leads like a whole Arkham, you know, yeah. revenge plot with all the villains. But you get a 50-, 60 year sixty-year-old Joker in Brad Dourif. I think he could have
3: pulled it Crushed off. Crushed it
2: under Nolan. He could have pulled it off totally. Um, so yeah, so Heath Ledger for me though, big. Yeah big loss. I feel like he had a lot of potential. Um, and I was bummed that I didn't get to see some of that. Yeah. Um, so that, that's why he was my number three. Uh, my number two being river Phoenix, man, that was another one that, uh, you know, his career had a lot to do with movies that I saw growing up. Mm -hmm. So they were, it was like formative years for me as well. Um, much with stand by me, my own private Idaho. Um, Explorers, explore explorers. <laughs> I never wanted to build a fucking spaceship out of a trash can so goddamn bad. <laughs> um, and a, a carrot its like a fucking carousel, like or not a carousel. One of those like weird cup chair yeah. thing. I don't fucking know, but it was awesome. Um, uh, and he's Indiana Jones, young Indiana Jones. Um, but he, a brilliant actor and one of those that like super embodied his roles. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he lo- he got lost in the roles. And you believed him. That's I totally sa- believe. That's
3: him. what I'm saying about his his ability is that someone that young to have like 25 something movies under your belt at the, at the age of 23 sure. and to have a handle on what it means to embody a character or internalize a character. Pe- people his age don't do that.
2: They can't oh, do sure. that. It's, it was it was like a magic trick Astounding. that he was able to do. Yeah. Astounding. Um, so that's one that, yeah. But I don't know. Ultimately, when I think actors that that were reaching their potential and then were suddenly stopped, I just keep going back to Philip Seymour. Yeah. And I feel like he was in a lot of stuff and he did have a body of work. But he was finally getting the recognition as an actor. Yeah that I feel like he kind of deserved when suddenly it was just all taken away all yep. because of you know a fucking choices, heroin, heroin addiction Yeah, choices that he made
3: I mean and that's the thing is that that's why it was so hard to delineate between the two cuz again it's it's not comparing apples and apples you know it's you're you're talking about lives here and careers and um and Philip Seymour Hoffman I will go to my grave saying that he is one of the best actors that has ever walked the face of this planet. You know, there's there's your Daniel Day Lewis's, of course. But right up there for me is is Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't think there are many people in the history of cinema who have had a better understanding of what can be done with a character. I mean and his range was unbelievable. Oh absolutely. I mean from from you know we mentioned flawless, but I mean, have you seen Happiness? I have not. Oh my goodness, that one's a tough watch. It's like a Larry Clark movie. All right. It's but he's you know he plays a character that no one would want to play. You know? Sure. He's great in Charlie Wilson's War. He's amazing in Capote. Again, Synecdote New York, is so good. One of my favorite movies ever. Sure. And he without his performance, it doesn't work. Right. And that's the thing is that even movies I am jokingly mentioned, Along Came Polly, but he's what I remember about that Twister. movie. Or
2: Twister. Yeah. He plays such inter- – I mean, his Twister dude is basically just like a surfer. Yeah. A, a like, kind of burned out surfer dude. Yeah. You know? Um, Storm Chaser. But in Boogie Nights, he played such a complicated character, but he yeah. was a, arguably a background character in that movie.
3: Oh, ar- mm-hmm. not arguably – he was. But a but very like layered
2: him. character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so all in all, yeah, I think the that kind of epitomizes my list. So why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you run back through your top five?
3: Sure, sure. So uh, number five was John Cazale. Uh, number four was Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Number three was James
2: Dean. Number two was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And number one was River Phoenix. Into it. Yeah. And so my list... Um, to roll back through my number five was Brittany Murphy. My number four was Brad Renfro. Number three was Heath Ledger. Number two was river Phoenix. And my number one was Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love it. It's a good list. Yeah, but it's, it's hard. And once again, um, you know, as we come to the close of the episode, I just want to, you know, put it out there again. Um, in no way does this list mean anybody's career is less valued than another's. Of course, it's just not. it's just when we think about actors that were on a trajectory to do something massive and it got cut short, um, that's that's what made our list. Yeah, um, and so. You know, a couple, you know, if we're going to do some PSAs and get real here, uh, drug addictions, no fucking joke. Nope. So deal with it. Get help. If you ask for help, totally. It's okay. Uh, depression, suicide. Also, no joke. If you see people, you know, distributing or showing signs of it, help reach out. You know what I mean? And also people, if you're feeling it, you're not alone. There's a million people out there that can help. There's tons of services. Um, don't be afraid. We're living in a time now where I feel like it is uh, more acceptable and accessible than ever to find help um, for for what ails you. Um, and so I don't want to see any more budding actors or musicians or artists or people. Or anyone, baristas or engineers or teachers or students cut or down daughters or brothers. by unfortunate life choices um, it's unnecessary yeah so on that note thanks for joining the High 5 podcast well i mean
3: and, and on that note you know let's we'll we'll put it out to you guys you know who did we leave off the list who do you think made an impact or made an impact on your life that that we didn't talk about today cuz again there are Handfuls of, of names that we could have mentioned. We, you know, are a top five podcast, so that's what we did. Um, but who who did you, you know, who made an impact on you? Who left an impression? Who, you know, made an indelible change to how you watch movies? That you're sad that they're gone now. Sure. Um, let us know. You know. Uh, what, yeah, let us know you can reach out to us on all the on the normal channels and you'll hear those in just a second, but we want to hear from you. We want to keep this conversation going because that's what this is all about is connecting and bringing everybody together and we're not alone. You're not alone. We're sure. not alone. Let's let's do this together.
2: Check our website, Twitter and social media feeds as well for information regarding contacting people for drug addiction and suicide prevention. Definitely. So check it out. Uh, And uh, join us next week when we're back with a brand new topic. And they won't be as
3: sad as this week. Maybe. Maybe we don't know. We can't say that for sure.
0: We have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode it's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching if the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists you can harass them by emailing them at my5 at high thepodcastcom that's m-y-f-i-v-e at h-i-g-h-f-i-v-e-t-h-e Podcast. dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash High Five the podcast. On Twitter at High the Number Five the Podcast. Instagram at High Five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching High Five: colon the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Audience wins babality. Maybe. See you next week.
1: And that's a wrap, everybody.
0: Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap.
3: That's a wrap, people.
0: Now let's get the hell out of here.